Hello everyone and welcome to episode 17 of Added Time, a Games and Grab Studio podcast with me, your host Steve Watkins. I hope you are safe and I hope you are well. It's been a mental week in the world of football. So much to talk about this week. We've got last weekend's Premier League games, which threw up a couple of surprise results. We've had the Champions League and Europa League draws as well. Carabao Cup action, which has seen some big teams go out at a very early stage. It opens the competition right up. Uh, Liverpool up for sale. Some managerial changes. And the big news today, at the day of recording, is the 26-man squad announcement by Gareth Southgate for the upcoming World Cup. So let's get straight into it. Let's look at last weekend's Premier League fixtures. So... First up, Forest 2, Brentford 2. So Forest leaving it really late on there to snatch a point. Uh, Wolves 2, Brighton 3. So back-to-back wins there for Brighton. Uh, Wolves, uh, their, their troubles continue, but they have announced that uh, Julian Lopetegu will be taking over there soon. I think it's in the next few days he'll be coming in uh, to, to take over at Molyneux. So... Something for the Wolves fans to look forward to, uh, I think, for what has been uh, quite a dire season so far for them. Uh, another team that left it late on Saturday, Man City beating follow, uh, Fulham. Sorry, I can't get my words out today. Beating Fulham 2-1. Erling Haaland with a 95th minute penalty. An unbelievable game at Ellen Road. Leeds 4, Bournemouth 3. Now, for those of you that follow me on Twitter, you will have seen that at the point where Bournemouth were 3-1 up, I tweeted, surely this is the end of Jesse Marsh. And between that tweet going out and the final whistle, Leeds managed to pull it round and win 4-3. Uh, the, the man is, he's got more lives than a cat and he's surviving week on week, pulling out these results. Yeah, it remains to be seen whether he'll last the season. I can't see it myself. But hey, we, we, we never know. You know, and Leeds might, excuse the pun, they might march on now up the table. Uh, but they can't keep playing like this. You know, you shouldn't really have to score four at home to win a game of football in any division, in my opinion. But there we go. Everton nil, Leicester City two. So another clean sheet for the Mighty Foxes and another absolute beaut of a goal from Yuri Tillemans. Oh. Oh, what a man. There's a debate as to what which one was better. Was it the Wolves goal or the Everton one? I think I think for me I'm going to go the Wolves one because he just smashed he smashed it on the volley. It was like a first time hit. This one brought it down on the knee. You know, composed himself, bang, straight over Pickford. What a goal. And, and I thought Leicester were brilliant. I thought defensively we were great. Danny Ward made some great saves again. The confidence has grown week on week with Danny Ward. So fair play to him after all the criticism that he got early on. And I'll admit, I was one of those. I said he was the worst number one in the league. So I apologise, Danny Ward, if you're listening. Because of course you are. Um, Everton, I, I thought Everton were really poor. I mean, Calvert-Lewin... Uh, went off injured as well, so so they they're really lacking up front. But Everton did look did look poor, and they've had a they've had a bad week of Everton. 
I would probably say this is the biggest result of the weekend. Uh, Chelsea nil, Arsenal won. So Arsenal just keep on going. And they are top of the league and the confidence is flowing. And they look they look almost unbeatable at the moment. In the league. In the league. Um, so yeah, I mean... <laughs> again, I wasn't overly impressed with Chelsea. Um, Gabriel with the goal. But yeah, I, 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 Arsenal are in the title race, aren't they? You, you, you can't. You know this, this, um, this break that we're getting almost kind of signifies the feels like the halfway point of the league, but it's not um, because obviously um, there's a there's a few more games to play yet before we get to the halfway point. But Arsenal are top uh, and. Yeah, they are they are in a title race with Man City. It'll be unbelievable if Arsenal win the league. I've seen some people say that if Arsenal win the league this year, it will be one of the biggest upsets in Premier League history. Um the 15-16 Leicester City side would like to say hello and just remind you that that was the greatest sporting achievement ever. Okay? So just remember that. I know people's memories fade and stuff like that. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, just calm yourself. Okay? But now Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal are doing amazing. Um, I, I expected them to be better this year. And I had the conversation with Mark, obviously, on the podcast. And we said that, you know, the important thing... I mean, he said it was important for Arsenal to get through October... And it was important and important for them to pick up wins against the other top six. Now, you know, you look at the remainder of the season and they've got to play Man City twice. Which now feels like, you know, those two games are absolutely massive for both teams. They've got to play Tottenham at their place. They've got to go to Anfield. Uh, they've obviously, they went to Old Trafford and, and did lose. So they've still got to go to some tough places and, and try and get a result. Um, everyone's expecting Arsenal to fail. I'm I'm not expecting them to fail dramatically. They are... Top four is an... Abs- for me, it, it's an absolute definite. Uh, I, th- I think... I still think Man City will have that just that little bit too much. But hey, it, it all depends. Again, you've got the cups and stuff. Um, I mean, Arsenal... I'm, I'm jumping ahead a bit. Arsenal are out of the Carabao Cup already. Man City have carried on, but obviously we know Man City have got an unbelievable squad and they are desperate for that Champions League, Man City are. So, look, who knows? Who knows what what, uh, what the future brings. So, another surprise result of the weekend. So, Unai Emery's first game in charge of Aston Villa resulted in a 3-1 win against Man United. I thought United would win this. Um, I mean, technically United didn't score. Uh, Ramsey own goal but he redeemed himself by scoring himself and making it 3-1 so you know a lot of uh, there's there's still one or two questions I guess about United under Ten Hag and you know I hear the phrase oh they're in a transition etc etc I get it I do get it and I think right now actually even despite the result at the weekend I still see United finishing uh, probably above above Tottenham uh, and potentially above Chelsea as well because they're so Chelsea are so hit and miss. 
So yeah, a, a, a bump in the a bump in the road definitely for uh, for United there against Villa. But great start for Unai Emery. Southampton one, Newcastle four. So Newcastle continue this unbelievable run that that they're not only just winning winning games, winning every week. Um, they are they're scoring lots of goals as well, and they're up to third. You know, they're five points behind Man City. Man City do have a game in hand, as do Arsenal. Almiron, again. My God. Almiron. He's going to win the Ballon d'Or, isn't he? <laughs> Fair play to him. Um, this result did see Ralph Hassenhutl finally get the sack... And he has his replacement has been named today as Nathan Jones, the uh, now ex Luton manager, who um, is now getting a crack at Premier League, and his job will be to try and keep Southampton in the Premier League. However, you know if Southampton were to get relegated, which I'm still unsure of, they have a manager there that um, can do good things in the Championship, and do things on a bit of a budget because you know Luton aren't the most um, well they aren't the richest club in the world are they and he's done a great job there but you can't I know he's left Luton before went to Stoke and it didn't work for him so he went back to Luton and he's now left again to go to Southampton you can't deny the guy the opportunity to manage in the Premier League at um, I'm not going to say a big club but a very well known club you know so we'll see what happens there with Southampton. West Ham, another defeat, losing to Crystal Palace. This was another one that had a late goal, a 94th minute winner there by Palace. So West Ham struggling a little bit in the league. You know, they are 15th and they are only two points above the relegation zone. But then, you know, I look at it and, and so, are, so are Leicester, to be fair. They're two points above the relegation zone, but we seem to have a bit better form at the moment and we're playing that little bit better. Those two teams play each other at the weekend. Uh, that is at the London Stadium. So interesting game. See what happens there. Tottenham 1, Liverpool 2. <laughs> I really was not impressed with Tottenham. I thought Liverpool were, in, in that first half, they were unbelievable. They were unplayable. Salah with two goals. Um, but I, 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 just, I don't know Tottenham and again they had a poor result last night in the Carabao Cup so we'll see I mean if, if Conte doesn't get if he doesn't get Champions League football uh, he doesn't deliver a trophy is he is he gone at the end of the season I don't know it's a, it's a difficult one to say um, I think going forward you look at you look at Spurs and you think they've you know they've got some very very good players. Obviously the you know Kane, Son, Kulachevsky, Richarlison when he's fit. Uh, you know I think Basuma, Hoiberg, great midfielders as well. But I think for me it's the defense. You know I've never rated Eric Dyer. I thought he's I think he's he's a he's an average Premier League footballer. Obviously he's a million times the footballer I ever wished I could be. But you know. I'm basing this on the fact that he plays for a so-called Big Six team and I don't think he's that good at centre-back. 
I actually think he's perhaps a little bit of a probably a better midfield holding midfielder. But yeah, I think I think unless they improve that defence, um, it's uh, it's going to be tough for Tottenham, and and the fans are starting to get a bit frustrated as well with Conte. So. So that was last weekend's fixtures. I'll do the uh, table now. So as I mentioned, Arsenal are top, Man City second, Newcastle third, uh, which puts Tottenham to have dropped down to fourth. Uh, Chelsea and Liverpool are still in the top half, seventh and eighth respectively. And then down at the bottom, Forest are still bottom, but they're level on points now with Wolves. Southampton take up the other space in the bottom three. And Leicester have managed to climb out right the way up to the dizzy heights of 14th and by the end of the weekend if fixtures go the right way Leicester could be 11th Oof. Europa League here we come <laughs> I don't think so right that's the Premier League review over uh, I'll go through the fixtures at the end of the podcast for, for this weekend the last round of Premier League fixtures before the first ever Winter World Cup. On to the Champions League. So we had the Champions League round of 16 draw on Monday. And I spoke about it on last week's podcast saying that with PSG finishing second, it it will it could throw up a an interesting uh, fixture for them and they are facing Bayern Munich who I believe they lost to in the 2020 final I want to say so PSG Bayern Munich uh, the other uh, fixtures are Leipzig against Man City Bruges against Benfica Liverpool play Real Madrid who I think they've played now four times in the last five seasons in the Champions League uh, Milan versus Tottenham, Frankfurt, Napoli, Dortmund, Chelsea, and Inter Porto. So yeah, I think Liverpool, Real Madrid—that's the one that uh, people are looking at. And obviously, you know, PSG, Bayern. Someone's got to go through. Someone's got to lose. One of the one of the favourites is going to go out. You know, I think the for me, your four favourites. You know, if you're looking for for that, it's it's Man City, Real Madrid. PSG Bayern not necessarily in that order but PSG and Bayern face each other one of them's going to go so um, now the Europa League I didn't do a very good job of explaining it last week so those that finished second in their Europa League group which United did end up doing because they were only able to beat Sociedad 1-0 they then have to play a playoff against a team that has dropped from the Champions League which I don't know whether I agree with but there we go and (laughs) I think it was obvious I've seen people say it was rigged Barcelona Man United it was always going to happen wasn't it 2009 this was a um Champions League, I want to say, semi-final game. Uh, We've had Man United, Barcelona, Champions League finals. There was two, uh, which... Any other time in football history, United win those games, but they came up against the 
best team that probably has ever played played the game. Pep's Pep's Barcelona side. So, Man United Barcelona in a Europa League uh, playoff game. It's it's bizarre to say, but you know football moves on. You know I'm sure that someday soon in the very near future this will be a Champions League semi final fixture once again. Uh, I'll quickly go through the others. Uh, Juve Nantes, uh, Sporting have got Micheland, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, Rennes, Ajax have got Union Berlin, Leverkusen, Monaco, Sevilla, PSV and Salzburg versus Roma. So we'll see what uh, see what happens there. There was also Conference League. I'm not really sure uh, who played who got who in that. Um, West Ham for all their sort of poor results in the. In the Premier League, they are actually doing doing pretty good in in the Conference League, and they have qualified for the round of sixteen. So I won't know who they play uh, until until next year, I don't think. Right. Um. I mean those those Champions League games. Um, I don't think they're going to be played for a very long time. So it would be it'd be daft of me really to to give my sort of predictions on um, who I think would win. You know, you know you've got to see sort of nearer the time, haven't you? Uh, because there could be injuries, there could be, you know, a drop of form in, in some way. Um, I mean, right now I look at it, I see uh, I see Man City going through Chelsea. That's a tough one. I can't really call PSG Bayern at the moment. Spurs might find it difficult, you know, having to play Milan. They've got to go to the San Siro first. Liverpool, Real Madrid. I mean that. Who knows? I mean, both of those, both of those teams just seem to conjure up something very different when it comes to to Champions League, European nights at the Bernabeu and Anfield. There's just that different feel about it. You know, we've seen Liverpool lose the first leg three nil and then come back and and, and win four three on aggregate. So it remains to be seen. Uh, in, in terms of the Europa League. Right now, I know that Barcelona are doing well, and actually, I think they're they're top of La Liga at the moment. I don't think United have. I don't think United should have to fear Barcelona. The second leg is at Old Trafford, so you know we shall we we shall see. Um, I, I I said it last week, and and I, I say it again. I don't think I don't think they need to they need to worry about them. Yeah. So uh, yeah, February. Um, February next year, uh, well, and and early March is the uh, Champions League and Europa League games that I was just talking about. So there we go. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Carabao Cup. I'm not going to go through every single fixture and result, but we saw a number of Premier League teams go go out uh, of the Carabao Cup over the last couple of days. So Everton were dumped out by Bournemouth. It was a changed a, a changed team, I think, by both. But you know, Everton went out four uh, one. And when you consider that Everton, you know, they've not won a trophy for twenty seven years now. They've come close a couple of times. They got to an FA Cup final a few years, but I say a few years back. It was probably over ten years ago now, and. You know, it, they're a little bit like Spurs in that they just want that little bit. Of, they want that silverware. Um, but Everton are out. Uh, Brentford, 
Brentford went out to Gillingham on penalties. I think Gillingham had one shot, one on target, one goal. Brentford battered them. It was... I thought it was very fitting that this happened. I think Brentford had 20-odd shots on target, scored one goal. Gillingham did what they did uh, on the same day that Football Manager was released. And that's a, a very Football Manager thing to happen. You, you have 20 shots, 10 on target, score one, and you, you end up drawing 1-1. One, one. And, then, and then Gillingham went through on penalties, so fair play. Uh, Spurs, Spurs beating Tottenham. And do you know what? Uh, Spurs beating Tottenham. What am I on about? Right. Forest beat Tottenham, okay. Forest beat Tottenham, and it wasn't it wasn't a weak Spurs team. I mean, Fraser Forster was in goal, okay. Sanchez, Dyer, Longley, Doherty, Skip, Basuma, Hoiberg, Sessignon, Perisic, Kane. That's not that's not a weak that's not a weakened um, Spurs team for me. So, yeah, not good. Again, Spurs, another team that I just mentioned, you know, desperate for that piece of silverware. So, uh, Arsenal getting dumped out by their bogey team, Brighton. West Ham going out on penalties to Blackburn and Chelsea losing to Man City. Uh, Liverpool scraped through. Uh, that to, the derby took them to penalties as well. I think it was a very much changed Liverpool team, though. Uh, and Leicester City beating Newport County 3-0. I was there. Uh, it was... Um, 3-0 sounds sounds like it was an absolute classic, but it, it wasn't. Uh, the highlight for me, Jamie Vardy scoring two goals on his 400th appearance for the club. So the GOAT getting a couple of goals there. Uh, the third goal was... No, sorry. It was the, it was the second goal was... Uh, very much a rolling back of the years. All Brighton with the cross, Vardy with the header, and uh, yeah, the two two remaining players from the from the fifteen sixteen season still uh, still doing their bit. But it was it was a comfortable game for for Leicester. I, I was sat in a in a different seat this week, so I saw the game slightly differently. I was a little bit closer to the pitch, and you know the. The, the difference in quality and the difference in class was just... I know it sounds like an obvious thing to say. I think Newport are a League 2 side. Uh, so, yeah, it it, um, it should have come as no surprise, really, obviously, that, uh, that Leicester would win uh, and that there is a, a difference in class, but it was, it was, so, it was so evident and so obvious. Um, there we go, yeah. The one downside to that game was, uh, so James Justin scored uh, a wonderful goal in the first half, uh, at the end of the first half. And then in the second half, he went down injured immediately. Um, it, was, it was pretty much in front of me. Uh, immediately looked at the bench, signalled that he wanted to come off. Uh, and he ended up being stretched off. And uh, the news today that he is ruptured is Achilles. The guy just again. He's what is it with with Leicester's Leicester's right backs? I mean, Ricardo snaps his ACL, and Justin does the same. Ricardo ruptures his Achilles. Justin does the same. So I think this means that you know Leicester will definitely go in, in into the market for a fullback uh, of some description, whether it's on the right or the left, because obviously Castagna can play on the right 
Uh, I, I don't mind Luke Thomas, but I think he needs to go out on loan. So I think if we can get a a left back in, Ryan Bertrand is nowhere to be nowhere to be seen. He's completely uh, MIA. Um, so yeah, uh, Palace also went out. So Newcastle went through, and uh, United play Villa uh, tonight. Day of recording kicks off in about ten minutes time. So yeah. All the London clubs, all the Premier League London clubs, anyway, are uh, are out. So yeah, some big names out: Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, all out. Never know. Could have Leicester's name on it this year. Be nice, wouldn't it? Looks like it's Man City's to lose now. Again. Right. Okay. Before I talk about the England team and a little bit about the World Cup um, next week is obviously the it'll be the last podcast I want to say that's the wrong word it'll be the last podcast before the World Cup starts so obviously next week will be very World Cup heavy and I'm hoping if I can get it sorted and get it you know set up I'm hoping to get a couple of people on with me and we'll have a bit of a round table we'll talk about what we think England's chances are, what do we think the uh, starting 11, 11 will be in the opening game, who who they think is going to win the World Cup. So I'll save all of that stuff for next week and I'm hoping to get a couple of people on to join me as well so you don't have to keep listening to me and my, and my boring voice. So yeah, that's something to look forward to next week for everyone. Right, news broke on Tuesday that FSG which is the Fenway Sports Group, were putting Liverpool up for sale. Actually, I think the story broke on Monday. So um, I'm reading this uh, from uh, The Athletic. So at the moment, it is unclear whether or not a deal will eventually be done, but full sales presentations have been produced for interested parties. Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley have been retained to assist with the process. So obviously two big American firms there. A statement from FSG to The Athletic read, there have been a number of recent changes of ownership and rumours of changes in ownership in at EPL clubs, English Premier League. Uh, and inevitably, we are asked regularly about Fenway Sports Group's ownership in Liverpool. FSG has frequently received expressions of interest from third parties seeking to become shareholders in Liverpool. FSG has said before that under the right terms and conditions, we would consider new shareholders if it was in the best interest of Liverpool as a club. FSG remains fully committed to the success of Liverpool both on and off the pitch. So, yeah, they're either looking for investors or they are looking to sell up completely. Now, they bought the club in 2010 for 300 million and it has recently been um, valued by Forbes at 3.6 billion. So you can see why the Fenway Sports Group might be interested in selling it, especially, you know, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to, get their money back tenfold in the space of 12 years. Um, you know, if it says here, it is fair to say that had the European Super League got off the ground, FSG probably wouldn't be looking to sell now. And even if they did consider that option, they'd probably be able to command more money. Um, 
Henry wanted, that's, um, yeah, so uh, stop you, Henry, uh, wanted the certainty of Champions League riches regardless of performance, which is basically what the what the Super League was all about. You could finish bottom of that league and still earn like 300 million uh, from just playing in that competition, but you could lose every game. So um, FSG probably wouldn't be looking to sell now. Uh, yeah, so he felt the full backlash from supporters when those plans emerged in April 2021 and subsequently issued a groveling apology when the Super League collapsed. Um, so, look, there's there's been some there's been some good stuff that that obviously FSG have done. You know, they were the ones that were they were they were obviously integral in appointing Jurgen Klopp, who you know, and and under him and under this ownership, they've uh, won the Champions League. They won the they ended their thirty year wait for the Premier League title or you know the Division One title. Uh, but you know they have they have also you know made some made some mistakes along the way. There was that uh, there was that walkout a few years ago when uh, on the 77th minute because they uh, they were looking to increase ticket prices to around to 77 pound in uh, in one of the stands. So there was a bit of a walkout. They wanted to trademark the name Liverpool. They furloughed staff during the pandemic and they obviously they signed up to the Super League. So, you know, the, the despite all the good things they've done, they've obviously they've they've invested heavily into the stadium. They've managed to resolve the the solution of expanding that uh, Anfield without having to move. So, it's it's a mixed bag for FSG and maybe for them they just feel like now is the time to go. Uh, I think some Liverpool fans would probably welcome new investors at least because um you know, when, when you've got the likes of Man City and now Newcastle, who are almost like the new kids on the block, they, you know, Liverpool could end up falling behind and, you know, they, they, they need that investment to bolster the squad. That You know, they need they need a couple of midfielders. That is, that is clear. Um, you know, I know that there are players that have signed new contracts in the likes of Salah, but, you know, he's not getting any younger. So... Investment is needed, and I think some Liverpool fans would would really welcome it. Uh, the sale and and new investors and new owners coming in. I I don't see it being like Newcastle, where it's uh, like a state run thing. I don't see that happening. I think that would there'd be a big backlash. I think uh, up at Anfield if that was to happen. I think that given given that they've got two big American companies overseeing the potential deal, the owners are American, they bought from Americans, I think that this is a this is a deal for American for an American uh, owner slash major shareholder. So watch this space on that one. Uh, it might not happen. They've, I think they've they've kind of put the feelers out there essentially is. Uh, is what they've done. So, yeah, big news, big news that is. I mean, bloody hell, you buy a club for 300 million, you can sell it for 3.6 billion. Bloody hell. Oh, that is a lot of cash. Right, let's talk about the World Cup and some more players that are going to miss out due to injury. So Sadio Mane isn't going to be there. Marco Royce 
is out as well. He just does not have any luck when it comes to tournaments. Uh, and it was evident, well, it was it was reported very early on uh, this week. I say very early on. I think it was actually only yesterday or the day before, actually. Um, that despite the fact that um, it sounds like Reese James was willing to take a chance on, you know, uh, his his uh, recovery of injury from his injury, and for him to be part of that World Cup squad that Gareth Southgate has left him out. So Reese James is also missing the the World Cup. So what that has meant is a little bit of a, I guess, a change in in Gareth Southgate's thinking. Now I personally, I think he would have, I think he would have called up. James Justin. Uh, not that I think he's played great this season. He, it's took him a really long time to come back and find that form that he had before he did his ACL. Uh, but he can play on the right, play on the left. Uh, he was going to be in the Euro squad last season uh, before he did his ACL. Uh, and, I, and he did eventually get that England call-up. And I, I, I've got a feeling he would have he would have been called up. But... Hey, he went off injured on Tuesday night, which is a which is a shame. But let's have a look then at Gareth Southgate's squad for the twenty twenty two World Cup. So the goalkeepers, I think that they pretty much pick themselves, and we know that uh, Jordan Pickford will be the first choice keeper. So Jordan Pickford, Nick Pope, Aaron Ramsdale. You know, I think that was an abs- That was a, that was a certainty. The defenders, so Trent did get a call-up. I think had Reese James been fit and if Ben Chilwell had been fit, I don't think Trent would have been picked. But it, it is there. So defenders are Trent, Connor Cody, Eric Dyer, Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, John Stones, Kieran Trippier, Kyle Walker and Ben White. Now... Obviously, people are obviously talking about Harry Maguire's inclusion because he's not been playing. There is no form. The last time, the last time we saw Harry Maguire play any minutes for Man United, he was stuck up front in the last few minutes of that Europa League game to try and snatch that second goal, which would have put them top of the group. So we. I know it's a player he trusts. However, you look at that last England game that he played against Germany. He was at fault for the for the two Germany goals. So, and he's not going to be sharp. I mean, if if Southgate plays a back three, I think Maguire plays. If it's um, if it's four at the back with obviously two centre backs, I don't think he picks Maguire. But I do think he'll go for three centre backs. I have no idea why. Um, so yeah, I mean Kyle Walker, he's not played a huge amount of football, and is he a hundred percent fit? So I think I, th- I think to be honest, Kieran Trippier will start that first game against Iran, and Luke Shaw will be over on the over on the left. I mean, if if Kyle Walker is showing any signs of him being fit, you could always play him at the right on the right side of a back three. Uh, and to be honest, I think if you're going with a back three, it needs it because there is not a lot of pace in Dyer, Maguire, and Stones. 
Um, not sure about Ben White in terms of whether he's fast or not, but he's played most of the season at right back. So not that he can't slot in at centre back, but um, yeah, but he's been picked all the same. So fair play to him. I'm sure Mr. Westwood will be happy about that. Uh, midfielders Bellingham, Conor Gallagher, Henderson, Mason Mount, Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice. So Calvin Phillips has played something like 53 minutes of of football this season. Um, and obviously people, you know, questioning, well, how can you pick, um, how can you pick a player that's only had 53 minutes of football this season? Again, it's another player that um, I think, I think Southgate trusts. Phillips has never let him down. Uh, I don't think he starts, but you know, if you can, if, if, if in these group games, you know, if, if England can get a commanding lead against Iran, you know, you can make five subs as well. That's that's the that's the thing that people have got to remember. You can, if you get a commanding lead, you know, you can make five subs, give players a rest, give players some minutes. So, I kind of get the Phillips inclusion. The Conor Gallagher one, I don't mind it as much because of, someone else being picked who I'll mention in a moment. Um, and Southgate earlier said that there are, there are certain midfielders and I don't, I can't think off the top of my head who he's, who he's really talking about, but he said there are certain midfielders that um, they don't, they don't create goals. They don't stop goals. They don't score goals, but they look very good on the eye. But he feels that Conor Gallagher can do that. Um, I don't think Conor Gallagher has been as good as he could be this season. He scored a wonderful goal um, against against Palace the other week. But uh, other than that, I've not been overly impressed with him this season. I mean, Henderson, Henderson um, Mount, Rice and Bellingham were, were absolute, absolute certainties. So, and then the forwards... Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Bakayo Saka, Raheem Sterling, Callum Wilson has been picked ahead of Ivan Tony, and the one that everyone wanted wasn't just it wasn't just Leicester fans. Everyone was was wanting this guy in the team. Southgate has seen sense, and he has picked James Madison for the World Cup squad. Um, so deserving yeah I am biased um, he's he's such a special special player he's so talented and he offers England something different do I think he will start any of the games no unless there's injuries I would like to see him feature um, so yeah fair play to him uh, it's uh, it, it's what was needed and I think Southgate could eat Right up until right up until about one o'clock this afternoon, it was still a case of people were saying he's not going to pick Madison. He won't. He won't. Uh, and then slowly but surely, it was being leaked out as to who was in the squad and who wasn't. And it did come through that Madison had been picked. So uh, Southgate has said that he decided two weeks ago that Madison was going to be in his squad. So um, you know, almost a case of you know picking picking Madison and a few others, and then and then slotting in in the gaps. So, um, overall, I'm, I'm, and I'm not just saying it because Madison's been picked. 
I don't think you can potentially get, I don't think you can get better than that really I mean there's not obviously the, the big one for me is the question around Maguire um, I think Tamori's really unfortunate to miss out I know that he wasn't brilliant against Chelsea in the Champions League but I I, I think he's had a good you know he's, he's had a good couple of seasons he's won the league with AC Milan uh, so players that have that have missed out uh, so Jaden Sancho not surprised uh, Ward Prowse, I think that's he's just been a victim of being in a poor side this season. Tamori, as I've just mentioned, Abraham, who hasn't hit the heights that he has over the last couple of seasons. Um, Dean Henderson, again, I'm not surprised. You know, unless Pickford or Ramsdale get, or Pickford, Ramsdale, or Pope get injured, you know, Henderson is fourth choice. Uh, Marcus Gay uh, misses out. Ivan Tony, that's really harsh, but. I can see why he's gone for Callum Wilson. And obviously there has been some news regarding Ivan Tony and some stuff that's being investigated. So maybe that's in the back of the mind. And then Jared Bowen, who again is, is not a player in form, but I, I think that's, that's about as good a squad as you're going to get. I, I, there's not really other than probably Tamori for for in for um, Maguire or you know there's there's a, I've seen people say about Tarkowski but yeah he's playing well for Everton and he's playing well alongside Cody but I don't know um I don't think you can get much better the 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 big question is what is what is the lineup what's the starting eleven in that first game against against Iran uh, I'm, I'm going to save that for next week. Uh, because there's still a round of Premier League games to go. So we could still get injuries. You know, Madison, uh, uh, I really hope it doesn't happen, but you could just see him getting injured on Saturday against West Ham. I pray pray it doesn't happen, because uh, Leicester need him. <laughs> Maybe as much as England do. But there's still a round of games to go, so it's it's hard to know what the lineup's going to be. Uh, on the 21st I think there are there's probably four certainties let's face it I think Pickford is obviously a certainty um, Declan Rice Jude Bellingham Harry Kane def- they're, they're, they're all certainties um, I was speaking to someone earlier they don't think they don't think that Bellingham will be picked for the Iran game and that he'll go with Calvin Phillips I don't think he's played enough games Um I mean, it's it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough decision for for Southgate who he plays. Obviously, he rates Raheem Sterling, but is he playing great? Can you play Foden there, or do you play Foden on the right instead of Saka? You know, what about Grealish? Do you still use him as an impact sub? Are you going to play a number ten? So, you know, Mad- Madison can play on the right. That's where he's been playing. Uh, people, you know, I've seen a few things where people were saying that. Well, England don't play with a number 10, so that's why Madison doesn't get picked. Like, go and watch a fucking game. Like, Madison has been playing as a not as an out and out right winger, not in the not in the same sense of like Harvey Barnes who is a bit of a hugs the touchline and tries to cut inside. Madison plays on the right, but he he drifts in and tries to dictate the play. So, Yes, he does come central, central uh, into the pitch, but he's not a, he's not been an out and out number ten uh, for Leicester, not in the, not in the slightest. So, 
that's the England squad. Um, like I say, I'll talk next week about what what's going to happen at the World Cup, how far I think England will get, and I'll get the views of others if I can get them on, and we'll we'll go from there. Be an interesting uh, interesting episode next week. Um, right now I'm still not feeling the the World Cup fever at the moment. Um. But I'm sure come uh, come come the twentieth of, of November when it kicks off, I'll be I'll be excited, especially as England are playing the next day. So there we go. Right then, covered a lot in this episode. So before I look at this weekend's Premier League fixtures, just a reminder. That obviously this is a Games and Graps Studio podcast, and you can check out the other Games and Graps guys and the different things that they're doing. So Sonny is uh, doing the Clubhouse podcast, uh, which is great, great listen, really good laugh, um, and some really really cool news um, that Sonny has been sharing today. Uh, so he is going to be. Let me have a a quick look. So I get it exactly right. So, uh, Sunny is going to be uh, a hireable non-ring worker in a new wrestling game that's coming out called Main Event, which is a wrestling manager game. And Sunny's going to be a, a, a hireable uh, commentator. How cool is that? That is awesome. It's going to be in a computer game. That immediately makes him cooler than 99% of the population, but still not as cool as me because, you know, and he knows this. I'm only kidding. Um, he's, he's had a great year, Sonny has, uh, with, with everything that he's doing. Uh, he's, his, his profile in the uh, British wrestling as a commentator, as, as, you know, his stock has gone through the roof and... You know, that's just a, a, a great way to end, end the year is to be announced that you're going to be in a computer game when the two things that, you know, other than other than that team he supports, um, wrestling and computer games are his absolute passion. So, you know, I am absolutely made up for him and uh, so proud of him as a as a mate. So keep going, keep doing what you're doing, Sonny. It's, uh, it's brilliant. And, you know, thanks for shouting out this podcast every week um you know it's uh, it's much appreciated and finn is still doing great work over on twitch twitch.tv forward slash the finn steel and he's streaming random games um just stick notifications on and you'll see when he's when he's on um he, he doesn't he's not good at promoting himself and he should because you know his, his streams are entertaining so Right, I've promoted those two and blew some smoke up their ass. So now it's time to uh, finish off the podcast as I usually do with looking ahead at this weekend's Premier League fixtures. So first up, we have Man City against Brentford. I'm going to go for a Man City win. Uh, Bournemouth, Everton. So they've just played each other in the Carabao Cup. And as we know, uh, Bournemouth won 4-1. Um, interesting. 
Draw. I'm going to go for a draw. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool, Southampton. So Southampton uh, with the new man uh, in charge there. I don't know whether he'll be... Well, he might be in the dugout on Saturday. He might not. Uh, you'd think a Liverpool win on this one. Uh, Forest Palace at the city ground. Hmm. Draw. Again. Spurs leads. This will be... Well, who knows? 4-4? Four, four, something like that? I don't know. Um, if Leeds win this one, the, there's going to be some serious questions asked of Conte. Mm, Spurs. Okay, <laughs> good as the Spurs after all of that. Uh, West Ham, Leicester, give me a draw right now. Although West Ham aren't doing great, Leicester seem to be fairly confident. Draw <laughs> again. Uh, Newcastle, Chelsea. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to go a Newcastle win. I, I just can't. I can't. I look at Newcastle now and I don't see when they lose. They probably, you know, probably when they play Man City next is probably the next time they'll lose. That's just how good they are at the moment. Uh, and then we've got Wolves versus Arsenal. I think Arsenal continue their, their brilliant run that they're on and win that one. And then over to Sunday, Brighton versus Villa. I'm going to go Brighton on that one. And then the final game of the Premier League before the World Cup is Fulham versus Man United at Craven Cottage. Um, I think United win this one. I think. Um, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Like I said earlier, you, you've, we've got this round of fixtures coming up uh, and then literally, so, you know, United, United play Fulham at 4.30 and then... Um, I imagine 24 hours later um, those players are going to be flying out to their various World Cup camps you know because um, it starts on the 20th it starts literally the week later so it'd be interesting weekend a player's going to be holding back you know those, those that are going to, to the World Cup are they going to be holding back uh, does that give Teams that haven't got so many players going, does that give them an advantage? Uh, we, we know that there are certain players have been asked to be rested as well by their countries. So, for example, uh, I know Argentina have done it. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, is, is Martinez going to be playing for, for United? Um, uh, same with, the you know, with, with Villa, with their, with their keeper of the same name. Um, so... It's um, it, it's um, be interesting to see. I, I, you just don't know what's in the back of players' minds, really. You know, you you look at someone, someone like Madison, for example, who, you know, he's he's had to wait three years for an England call up. He's going to the World Cup after all of the all of the you know the the country, you know, begging for it. You know, I'd like to think that he'll give it his all on Saturday, but is he really going to? He isn't going to want to get injured. I don't know. 
Maybe it, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But um, yeah, that's it. It feels weird. It feels weird that the Premier League's just going to stop for a uh, for a World Cup. Um, yeah, I thought it. Was, I thought it was quite funny that Seth Blatter came out and said it was a mistake to give Qatar the World Cup. I thought it's a bit fucking late now, mate, isn't it? Twat. Um, so, like I say, next week I am going to preview the World Cup, do the usual sort of stuff, predictions and all that sort of stuff. We'll talk about the Premier League games, of course, that have, that have just happened. And I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do during the World Cup in terms of the podcast. Obviously, there's games every day, so I'm not going to be doing a bloody podcast every day. Um, yeah, I need to make a decision on, on, on what I'm doing, really. On that, maybe I just do an episode after each England game. I don't know. And then, obviously, you know, I'll carry on right through to the final. Um, I don't know. I, I shall I shall wait and see. Um, see what my schedule allows. <laughs> so, right, that is it. Uh, I said I had a lot to talk about and uh, hopefully you have stuck with me all this time. And uh, if you have, that is uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, like I say, my name is Steve. This is the Added Time Football Podcast, which is a Games and Crap Studio podcast. Uh, you can... Find me on Twitter at Added Football, and on there is the link to my link tree that will take you to where the podcast is on Apple, Spot, uh, Apple Spotify, and Podbean, and also the link to my uh, Instagram as well. Uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all of that wonderful stuff. Uh, thank you very much for listening, it is greatly appreciated. Stay safe, stay well, and I will speak to you next time. Goodbye.